Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations is not the brightest of books to read in your Bible. The Bible says in verse number 18, it says, And I said, My strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. Now, you got to understand something about the book of Lamentations. Nothing has been good until this point. But once he gets to this point, verse number 21, he says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeketh him. I want to just take your my text and our really what we'll talk about tonight from verse number 22 where it says it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And I want to speak for the next few moments on this subject because of his mercies. Because of his mercies. Would you lay your Bibles down and would you raise your hands and let's just ask God to have his way in this place. He's already been moving upon us. Let's just ask him to speak. God, we pray, Lord, let your anointing, God, go through your word today. Anoint my lips to speak your word. God, anoint every person in the building to receive what you have for them today. God, let our understanding increase about your mercy and your love toward us tonight. God, help us, O Lord. Help us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God tonight. We thank you, Lord, in advance, God, for what you're going to do. And we thank you, Lord, for your mercy. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The book of Lamentations is maybe not one that we all know about. It, in fact, is not a book for the faint-hearted. It's not a book that will cheer you up. A lot of the book is, is similar to Job, I guess you could say, where Job speaks expressly of loss and of sorrow. And even, it's, it's in fact, even in the name Lamentations, it means to lament. It means to lament, and that word means a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. A passionate expression of the grief and sorrow that is inside. And of course, this book, if you do go through and read it, you will see all of the grief and the sorrow that is written in its pages. It, it, it talks about every, everything that has happened to Jerusalem. In fact, the writer, many people believe it to be uh, Jeremiah, uh, the author of the book. We're not exactly sure, but many people believe that to be. 
But we do know that the author of this book witnessed firsthand the, the destruction of Jerusalem and the invasion of Jerusalem firsthand. Jeremiah was present for both of those events. It's a, it's a unique book in the way that it is written because uh, we, we don't necessarily notice it because our book has been translated from the original. But if you were to look at the original and if you were to know the, the original Hebrew, you would see that every single verse starts with a letter of the alphabet. And it would go from the very first letter to the very last letter. Chapter 1 does that. There's, there's 22, and then chapter 2 does that, there's 22. But ver, or chapter 3 is unique in that he does three verses for every letter in the alphabet. And it's written as a poem, and it's written as, as, as a almost, some people believe it may be as a memorial for what has happened to Jerusalem and the, and the things that had taken place. And it was, it's a very unique book in your Bible. And it's interesting because if you if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, you see some things. And Deuteronomy chapter 28 is a is another very interesting uh, chapter in your Bible because in you'll you'll find in verse number one, I believe we have it for you. If we'll throw that up there, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse number one, it starts off by saying, "And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God." to observe to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. This is a promise in the very first verse of this chapter that says, if you will hearken to my voice and if you will observe my commandments, I will set thee on high above all nations on the earth. And it goes on in the, in the, in the verses following that. If you go to, if you go to that chapter in the verses following that till all the way through verse number 14, you will see the things that God promises to those that will hearken His voice and that will follow His commandments. Things like, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. You will be, you, blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. The Lord will command the blessings upon thee and upon thy storehouses. The Lord will establish thee a holy people unto Himself. You just go skip down all through that. The Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. The Lord shall open thee His goods and His treasure. The heavens shall give rain into thy land and its seas and it will not fail. And it just goes on and on what will happen when you follow the voice of God and the commandments of God. But then you get to verse number 15 and verse number 15, he flips that coin, I guess, if you would say. And he says in verse number 15 of Deuteronomy 28, he says, but it shall come to pass. If you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. And so the very first, the first 14 verses of this chapter talks about what will happen if God is, if we follow after God. But the, the last verses from 15 all the way down to verse number 68 is what will happen to us and a warning to those that do not follow the word of God and the commandments of God. But what's very interesting about it is if you go through Deuteronomy chapter 28 
and you, you know what is being said here, and you begin to read Lamentations. Lamentations is after the fact. Now the prophet Jeremiah is looking back, and now he is saying, this is what happened when we did not follow after God. And you begin, it's almost as if he was reading Deuteronomy 28, and he was writing Lamentations Chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. When he was saying, this is what happened. You go and you look in Deuteronomy. It says, your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people. In Lamentations, it says, her little ones have gone away as captives before their adversaries. Uh, in Deuteronomy, it says, you shall flee seven ways before them. In Lamentations, it says, they have fled all throughout the land. And in Deuteronomy, it says, among the nations, you shall find no rest. And in Lamentations, it says, she shall dwell among the nations, but she has found no rest. It says, you shall be the head in Deuteronomy, or he shall be the head and you shall be the tail in Deuteronomy. And in Lamentations, it says, her adversaries have become the head. There's, I could go on and on about the prophecies that were fulfilled. Even, even down to your sons and your daughters will be captive and, and, and led away. And it says, my virgins and my young men have gone into captivity. It says, you're, you're, it goes down to describing exactly what would happen. To them. And it seems like the writer of Lamentations is sitting there and he's saying, This is exactly what has happened to us. This is exactly what has happened to us. Among the nations, you shall find no rest. Yes, that's happened to us. We're going to flee from before them. Yes, you're going to build houses, but you're not going to be able to live in them. Yes, that's happened to us. We built the houses, but then other people came and took them over, and now they live in them. And and he finds himself in this season. And I'm sure maybe, maybe you're not in this season tonight. Maybe you are, but I'm sure maybe you can remember a time when you find yourself almost at this point where where you're looking back back and you're 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 just you're you can't seem to see the light of day in your situation and you can't seem to see when, when a good day is going to come you can't remember the last time something good has happened to you it seems like every everybody's leaving you you're losing everything that that you've ever had and and you begin to to find yourself in this same spot you begin to see yourself as that destroyed city of Jerusalem, you see that in your own life. That mourning over all the loss and over all the mistakes that brought you to this point, you see that same thing. You feel overrun by others that have come into your life and have taken things from you. And you are in need of help from the Lord. This book is really... It's really sobering when you begin to read everything that happened to Jerusalem. As I said before, there's nothing good in it until you get to this point. And in fact, it's only for a a few short verses that you find just some glimmer of hope in the midst of these five chapters. And it's beautifully written because it's right in the middle of it all. Right in the middle of it all, Lamentations chapter 3, I will read those scriptures one more time, looking back at our text. He's, he's kind of summarizing things. He says, and I said, my strength and my hope 
is perished from the Lord. I'm just sitting here remembering all of my afflictions and all of my misery, the the worm, the wormwood and, and, and the gall and all the pain and everything that's come and taken everything from me. I'm just sitting here finding this. My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. But he said this, I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. I know sometimes it's hard, but in the middle of your pain and in the middle of your mess and in the middle of, of your darkest hour, you sometimes you just got to step back and you just got to say, you know what? I am not consumed yet. There is still hope for me yet. There's still time for me yet. And then you got to, you got to recall to your mind the mercy of the Lord. You just got to think about his mercy. You got to remember back to where you were when he found you. Remember back to what he saved you from. Remember back to the flaws that he overlooked and the person that you used to be and the, the things that you used to do and, and all of these different things that used to come into your life and come from your life and that used to be your life and Sometimes we can get so just narrow-sided by the, by the storms that we face. And we can just get so consumed with, with our sorrow and our pain and our grief. And I know it's real and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, diminishing that at all. In fact, it's a great thing. Grief is a powerful thing. And God gave us that emotion. And in fact, even let it be included. This book is included in your Bible. So you know that you could have this grief and this pain, but you, through the middle of it all, in the middle of that chapter, God moved upon the writer to write these words. It is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. I understand it may be dark and I understand I don't know what you're going through and I understand I may not have been in your shoes but let me tell you something from somebody in the Bible let me tell you from probably Jeremiah who wrote this book uh, you can look back over all the mistakes you can look back in the darkest hour and you can look back and feel like you have no hope uh, everything is perished from you but you can call to remembrance the mercies of God and you can find hope in his mercy just think about his mercies just think about his mercies one thing I love about this passage of scripture is it doesn't say his mercy I like that it says his mercies because let me tell you something there's no end there's no end to his mercy there's no end to it. It's not just you have one, one shot. 
you just have three strikes and then you're out or, or, or maybe, you know, seven times you'll, you'll be forgiven. But I remember whenever they came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, how often shall I forgive my brother? Should I forgive him seven times and then be done with him? And Jesus said, no, do it 70 times seven. That wasn't meant for you and I to do the math. That was meant to say, as long as they're still trying, as long as there's still breath, you need to have mercy. As long as there's still life, there should be mercy that goes forth. But it is because of His mercy. It's because of His mercy, ladies and gentlemen, that anyone is in this building today. There is not one person under the sound of my voice. There is not one person on the planet today that deserves to be in the house of God, to feel the presence of God, to be moved by God's word. But it is because of his mercies that you and I get to feel the power of the almighty God. We get to have forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. We get to be filled with his spirit. It is because of his mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians says it like this. And you hath he quickened. You who are dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince and power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God... Throw that verse up there, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4. The Bible says, but God... But God, the Bible says this, but God who is rich in mercy. God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he hath loved us. He says we you we all used to be there. We all used to be lost. We all used to be undone. We all used to just follow our own feelings, to follow our own desires, follow after the course of this world. He said, but God who is rich in mercy. I'm not talking about a God who has a little bit of mercy for you. I'm thankful to know a God who is rich in mercy a God that has mercy upon mercy upon mercy because God knows we need it come on you need to get real with yourself I I know you look good and I know you may have been saved for a few years but you need to think back to the mercy that God has shown you you need to think back to where God has brought you from Thank you, Jesus. Woo. He's quickened me. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. Woo. But God, he's rich in mercy. He's abundant in mercy. Woo. He is not slack concerning his promise, but he's long-suffering to us word not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance let me tell you just because he forgave you before 
A lot of times we say, because he forgave you before, he'll do it again. But sometimes we get it the other way around. We think God's already done this for me before. Why would he do this for me again? Let me tell you, my God is rich in mercy. He may have forgiven you before. Let me tell you, he'll forgive you again. He may have healed you before. That doesn't have to be the last healing. You have not used up all of God's mercy in your life. You have not used up everything that God has. God is able to do exceeding and abundantly. God's mercy in your time of need is not limited. Going back to our text, Deuteronomy, or excuse me, Lamentations 3.23 says, His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. I'm so thankful that His mercy is new every morning. Every day is a new opportunity to correct what the, my weaknesses, to, to, to forget my past, to, to seek after God, to, to try to follow the commandments of God, to, to, to follow after His plan. Let me tell you, if you've fallen short, let me tell you, His mercies are new today. His mercies will be new tomorrow. His mercies are new every morning. And great is His faithfulness. Great is His faithfulness. As great as His mercy is, His His faithfulness is just as great. Great is His faithfulness. If you jump down to verse number 31 in Lamentations 3, it says, For the Lord will not cast off forever. But though He calls grief, though we have consequences for what we've done, yet will He have compassion according to the multitude of His mercies. According to the multitude of His mercies. I'm so glad that when I made a mistake, it wasn't the last chance. I'm so glad that even now, tonight, I have the opportunity to fix things that need to be fixed. Because of his mercies. To seek after him with a greater desire and fervency. Because of his mercies. If you're in a trial, just keep holding on. There's a multitude of mercies coming at daybreak. The sun may be setting on this season, on this day. But his mercies are new every morning. Just focus on His mercies. Let me tell you something. We can get so distraught about the climate of our world. My goodness, you turn on the news, you open the news, whatever. You, 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 you begin to talk to people at work and you just, I mean, you, you, whatever it is that this world is producing, you just, the more and more I just shake my head and I'm just, I'm dumbfounded at, at what is coming out of our world. But ladies and gentlemen, now more than ever, I just think of His mercies. That's what I got to think about. I just think of His mercies and His grace. It's it's not over yet. And, and you know, I mean, I go back to, to Psalms where David said, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou 
visitest him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast covered him with glory and honor. Who, who are we to deserve the mercy of God? He, David says, when I consider the heavens and the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. When I begin to think about who God is, who, who am I? Who are we? Ladies and gentlemen, I feel like God is calling us tonight to a place of radical humility. To be humbled under the mighty hand of God. To understand that none of us deserve to be here. To have unity in our understanding that it is the mercy of God that we are not consumed. It is the mercy of God that we are still here today. And it's because of His mercy that we should every day strive to be more and more like Him. Every day wake up and say, God, I'm going to serve you. God, I'm going to come back to you. God, I'm going to, I'm going to change, oh God. We got to understand it's His mercies. But we feel sometimes the world crashing in. Second Corinthians 4 and 8, the Bible says we're troubled on every side. But he says, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We may be cast down. But we're not destroyed. All because the mercies of God. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. Pastor talked about it this morning where sin abounded. Grace doth much more abound. You go on and on all throughout the Scriptures and you will see the darker the day gets, the greater His mercy is in the people that trust in Him. Let me tell you, the darker our world gets and it's going to continue as the Bible says to wax worse and worse it's going to continue to get worse and worse but let me tell you God's mercy God's faithfulness in our eyes it's not going to change really but in our eyes we're going to see it greater and greater and greater why because his mercies flow in the darkest hour we must be careful, though. One thing we must be careful about. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. You begin to study that Romans chapter 5. And, um, you know, if you continue reading on, you read just a few scriptures later, starts chapter 6. And chapter 6 talks about it, but we must be careful that we don't abuse the grace of God. Just because we can repent and we know that God is faithful doesn't mean we have a license to abuse the grace of God. Romans 6, 1, right after it says, where sins abound, grace does much more abound. 6 and 1 says, what then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? It says we should not continue in sin just because grace is still available. He says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin Live any longer in sin. It says God forbids it. 
And we must be careful that we don't take advantage of the grace of God. I'm so thankful that when I do mess up. But that does not give us a license to sin. That does not give us the ability to say, well, you know what? God's mercy will be there. So I'll just go ahead and do what I want. But we got to say, God, God, your mercies are great. And we're here because of your mercies. But we need to understand something. We still need to follow after God and the word of God. Because the blessings follow God and his word. Those that follow him. Go read Deuteronomy chapter 28 sometimes. Look at the contrast between the first 14 verses of the Bible and between verses 15 through 68. Look at the contrast between somebody who follows after God and somebody who does not follow after God. Look at the contrast between it and limitations, even in that same chapter that we were reading, says what I feel in my spirit today in verse number 40. Limitations 3 and 40 says, let us search and try our ways. Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. After he realizes it's not over yet. We have not yet been consumed. We've lost a lot. We've given up a lot. We've made a lot of mistakes or we're going through a lot. But because of his mercies, we are not consumed. He says, let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. Lift up your heart and your hands to the God in the heavens and understand God is reaching for us because of his mercies because of his mercies Jeremiah who we believe to be the writer of Lamentations there's an interesting chapter interesting verses in Jeremiah chapter 15 if you look in Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse number 6 you see some of the same language, and that's why a lot of people do believe Jeremiah wrote Lamentations as well. But he says, Thou hast forsaken me. But this is now the Lord speaking to Jeremiah. He says, You have forsaken me, saith the Lord. You are gone backward. Therefore will I stretch out my hand against thee and destroy thee. And these are some scary words in the Bible. I am weary with repenting. I am weary with your repenting. Good thing it doesn't stop there. But he says this. He said, I will fan them with the fan in the gates of the land. I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people since they return not from their ways. But you go reading through Jeremiah chapter 15. Jeremiah immediately begins to cry out for mercy. The word of the Lord came. The judgment was sure. God, God, God was going to do this, but Jeremiah didn't give up. And in verse 15, we pick up some words of Jeremiah now. And Jeremiah says, Oh Lord, thou knowest. Remember me. Visit me. Revenge me of my persecutors. Take me not away in thy long suffering. Know that for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. Verse 16, look at this. 
He said, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Jeremiah didn't give up. He cried unto the Lord one more time. It, God, God said, you know what? I'm done. I'm weary with the repenting. I'm weary with the back and forth. But all it took was Jeremiah crying out to the Lord. And you look down in verse 19 now in Jeremiah 15. The Bible says, therefore, thus saith the Lord. If thou return, then I will bring thee again, and thou shalt stand before me. You can stand before me again. If, if thou take forth the precious from the vile, thou shalt be as my mouth. Let them return unto thee, but return not thou unto them. And I will make thee unto this people a fenced, brazen wall. And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee to save thee and to deliver thee, saith the Lord. I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem thee out of the hand of the terrible. Ladies and gentlemen, it is never over. Let me tell you, God said, you know what? I'm weary with all the repenting. He said, I'm weary with it. He said, I'm going to destroy my people. He said, I'm weary with it all. But Jeremiah began to lift up his voice. Let me tell you we never should get to a place where we don't lift up our voice and just call for the mercy of God let me tell you something we may think that we're righteous but the Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags in his sight the Bible says there is none righteous no not one every one of us kneels before God and needs the mercy of God and it's because of his mercies we are not consumed let there be a cry again from your lips. Yes, you may be in pain again. Yes, you may be frustrated again. Yes, you may be caught in that same sin again. Yes, you may feel hopeless again. But because of His mercies, it's not over yet. I remember when God told Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham said, if there's just 50 righteous... Will you spare the city? Abraham said, if there's 50 righteous, will you spare the city? And God says, yes, I'll spare the city. So Abraham, he got bold. He said, okay, what about 45? <laughs> he began to wheel and deal with God. And he began to find out God is rich in mercy. He said, what about 45? God said, yes, if there's 45, I will spare the entire city. What about 40? Yes, if there's, what about 30? Yes. What about 20? Yes. What about 10? Yes, I will spare the city. Let me tell you something. That's how God is with us. And let me tell you something. That's why I believe God hasn't come back yet. I know we want him to come back. I know the church wants him to come back. But let me tell you something. There's still souls to be reached. There's still God's mercy to flow to people who feel like they're at a dead end. And I know we're ready. God knows we're ready to go home. We're ready for God to call us home. But I believe it's because there are some righteous people. God is sparing the city. God is sparing the city. God is saying, you know what? There's more that can be found because of his mercies. Tonight I feel like God is wanting to reveal his mercy to us like never before. When you feel alone, his mercy is still there.
You've, you may have tried to face things on your own. You may have tried to do things all on your own, but I challenge you, cry out to God. No matter where you're at. And because of His mercies, I know He will hear you. I know He will hear you. Cry out to Him again in your trials. Cry out to Him again in your mistakes. Try, cry out to Him again in your loss, in your time of need. And, and understand that because of His mercies, I can be forgiven again. I can be restored again. I can be healed again. I, I know I've strayed from where you, where, where you had me, God. But because of His mercies, I am not consumed yet. There's still time. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to make the Lord our number one priority. To say, God, I'm going to follow your word. God, I'm going to follow your will. David in his most popular psalm says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And we know the psalm, but the last verse of it, verse number six in Psalms 23 says, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know about you, but that's the greatest, that's the greatest thing you could ever accumulate. It's greater than any 401k. It's greater than any awards or accolades. The greatest thing that you could ever know is that the Lord is your shepherd and his goodness and his mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you have the opportunity because of his mercies to dwell in the house of the Lord. Forever, forever, forever. Would you stand to your feet tonight? It's because of His mercies we're here today. I may not have faced the same things that you've faced. I don't know where God's found you. I can honestly stand up here today and say, I don't know why God had me preach this message because I can honestly say God's been so good to me that I really don't know if I've known a real trial in my life. I can testify to that tonight, but I can tell you that is because of his mercies. Let me just say this to anybody that's been raised in church or you've been in church a long time. Don't forget it's because of his mercies. That you haven't had to experience some things. You haven't had to go through some trials and through some tests. You haven't had to find yourself where, where, you know, where some of the, some other people sitting in this room where, where you guys have been. You've lived there. You've lived the loss. You've lived the pain. You've lived the mistakes. You, you've, you've lived the hurt. I've just come to tell you it's because of his mercies. We're still here. We're not consumed. It's because of His mercies, Jesus endured the pain of the cross to give us the greatest gift ever. And that's His blood and His name and His salvation. Even while on the cross, He said to the crowd, crucify Him, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Let me tell you, it's because of His mercies. Our greatest mistakes are not final. It's because of His mercies 
we're able to be in the house of God and feel His presence. It's because of His mercies we can be filled with His Spirit. It's because of His mercies one day we will go to heaven and be with Him for all of eternity. But I, I feel this. Now, I taught this message to the young people, and I know I've mentioned it here before, I believe, but I, I taught a message to the young people, the danger of being in a good church. The most dangerous thing of being in a good church, and I can tell you being a part of a good family, is that, you know what, sometimes you don't put the work in, but you reap the blessings. Sometimes you don't come to church and put prayer in and seek the face of God and ask God to move in the service. But you come into this great church where people have done that and you reap the benefits of it. Because of his mercies, God reaches for us. And what I feel led tonight in closing is let us stay hungry for God. Let there be a hunger for God. In his people like never before. Let me tell you, in the last days, the Bible says, you know, we'll get distracted and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll begin to focus on other things or we'll just begin to go through the motions and different things like that. But I believe this church can have a hunger for God unlike ever before. A hunger for prayer. We're going to have the church open for prayer Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m. to midnight. Come find a time to pray in the cafe sometime this week. Every day, come spend time with God. Seek his face. Why? Because because it's His mercy that we're still here today. Don't forget to be in awe of the mercy of God. Don't think that we deserve to be in this place right now. Don't think we deserve anything that we have. We, we have not earned anything. We don't deserve anything. But it's because of His mercies, God reaches for us. But I believe God is looking for people who not just will respond to Him reaching, but God is looking for people who will reach for Him in advance. You will reach for Him in advance. And I wonder today, if you could just come to this altar. Maybe, maybe you need the mercy of God to flow in your life. Or maybe you just need to remind yourself of His mercies. But I've asked God, and I believe it's going to happen, God is going to baptize us with an understanding of how rich and mercy He is. And I believe we can humble ourselves tonight. Would you come and humble yourself and just say, God, I'm nothing, oh God. Oh, but thank you for your mercy, oh God, that saw me one day. Thank you, God, for your mercy, God, that picked me up and turned me around. Or, or maybe you're saying, God, I need your mercy once again tonight. It's here. Just lift up your voice and humble yourself before God. As long as there's still breath, there's still mercy from God. Oh, church, would you get a hunger? Would you reach out to Him?